0: You're listening to a Good Egg Productions podcast.
1: So, anyone got any hot Valorant takes before we get started? I've been workshopping this one for a while. My hot take at the moment is, the Sheriff is
0: a useless gun that should not be bought under any circumstances. Especially in a professional game. Why? Why though? Okay, so, so, the Ghost is busted right now. Anyway, you can just spam body shots
1: into somebody. That's a hot take in and of itself. For half
0: the price of a Sheriff, for half the price of a Sheriff, you can get yourself a Frenzy, which you can literally just hold W, hold the mouse one, and win a round with. Yeah, but it's about the range. No, no, on an eco. Listen, listen, listen. Or, for a hundred more, you could get yourself a Bucky, play a close angle, and win the round. The the issue with a Sheriff is it doesn't even one-shot at long range, and you're making yourself have to take these, like, aim jewels where you're having to tap heads you could buy a bookie and you could sit in a corner yeah i i love the bookie with all my heart so i i can kind of agree with that actually. you could buy a frenzy and rush a sight i just the the sheriff feels way too weak for me right yeah. now to to warrant buying i think it, it needs to be worth less money or more bullets or at very least a one shot.
1: i please put forward the case for the sheriff so, okay. <laughs> say, say you're an operator player, uh, like me, you know, the greats, me, oh, no. Waddell, no, no, no. Tens, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of them, artists. Right. Uh, say, say, you're, say you're an operator player uh, and you can't afford an operator. Everyone else in the server has got rifles, right? Um, I can't buy a rifle because I'm saving up for an operator. So I'm okay. going to go to the sheriff. No. Sweet. Long range damage that you can't get from a bookie.
0: It's not even a one shot headshot. See, I'm, I I'm I'm somewhere in the middle on this. Like I I don't I don't buy the sheriff personally because I own straight trash and it's not reliable. But you there's no way you can walk up to scream and be like you have yeah, screamed <laughs> Buy a ghost instead because it doesn't no, make it, sense. The man the watch. man buys a sheriff on full buy rounds. No where... <laughs> no, he only buys a sheriff on full buy rounds if he also has his ultimate right. Like. Literally my argument is unless you have scream level headshot accuracy which you don't right <laughs> it's it's not necessary debatable okay so no, I, I think to be fair i'm more in the agree column spend the extra 100 get a bookie yeah well bookie. I'm,
1: I'm still i'm still advising our viewers the sheriff is a great gun uh, <laughs> it's a whole 100 cheaper than the bookie
0: but the bookie wonders, and medium Invest. range. It's unreal. Invest in
1: yourself, gamers. By Invest in yourself. <laughs> the Buy the bookie today. Another, another point in Sheriff's Corner is that you can't up your headshot rate by playing with the bookie because it doesn't count as a headshot. <laughs> that,
0: does, that
1: literally. You, <laughs> you, you, your you win can your. Yeah, you can't up your emo.
0: You're not soft in, in thinking you can just headshot machine people.
1: So there we go. Depends. Um... Whether you back yourself or not,
0: buy a bookie. Buy Say the bookie. One. I agree. Don't get in my
1: way! I'm Eleanor Walton. My name's Tyler J. I am Morgan J. Mm-hmm. This is the Vipers bit. Uh, it's been a crazy, crazy past couple of weeks in, in Valorant. Uh, this episode mostly focusing on the EU scene. Uh, we've had Red Bull. Uh, which was surprisingly a really good tournament to say that.
0: Even with a bad format.
1: It's, it's, the, it's the best format EU's ever had. What do you mean? <laughs> it's really... yeah, best of fives. <laughs> yeah, despite the format, and despite the fact that, uh, I mean, a lot of people going into it, I'm assuming, thought that uh, teams will be saving up strategies for challenges, uh, which didn't seem to happen too much. People seem to be really giving it their all. Uh, I know in a in a pregame interview, Eccles said that this is this is one of the last the last chances that they were giving themselves to really really whip themselves into shape and um you mm-hmm. got to respect it they, they 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 almost did it. they almost won um, <laughs> I mean but... team
0: liquid in that tournament, right? like they played very well, like you have to think they they were i think they've easily cemented themselves as the best icebox team
1: in Europe, oh, if yeah. not the world easily I yeah. would say the world hundred they... percent. Yeah, the
0: the, the Liquid variant put out a tweet which is Icebox is our box. They talked about it on the broadcast, and I think it's true. I think especially in EU and probably a couple of other regions, I think they're untouchable on Icebox. The way they play it is great. I just wish they'd they'd,
1: they'd play that well on other maps. <laughs> it's interesting because Icebox wouldn't be their box, but um they've kind of boxed themselves out of bind. Please stuff. Uh, <laughs> that was terrible. You see what what happened? You there? are right for there is. I, I thought of a good pun and then I forgot it, so I had to oh, go with no. my backup. Oh,
0: no, um, that's not good.
1: The <laughs> backup, pun. That's never yeah. Good. I
0: mean, their bind. So, the weird thing I thought about their bind is immediately they weren't playing Sova. Uh, I know Sliggy mentioned on his stream before that none of them really like Sova. Soulcast is normally the Sova player, but he doesn't really like it. He much prefers Sky, and so they're running this like double duelist comp with uh, Soulcast on the Sky. Link on the raise, Scream on the jet, and then Echo Omen, Cryptics on the Sentinel. But I think you end up in this really weird place where Link is on this duelist. And while I think Link is like a really, really flexible player, I-, I just don't see, like, when you have Soulcast on your team, one of the better raisers in EU, right? It feels, it just feels wrong to have anyone else on the raise but him. Like, I, Mm, I get what you're saying, but I love the way they played the the sky. I love it. I think if you watch that game, that there, there's a Haven game as well. Uh, I, he plays, he plays Sky and Haven, and you look at the way he plays, and it's so good. I I look, I've never been as impressed by the way these teams are using Sky. It's happened all the way through, and Sky is getting better and better, and Socas is at the front of that. You look at how he plays, like he look at look at the bind game they they played in the final of Red Bull. He against G2. He, yeah, against you 2 He he outfrags, scream top-fragged when even on KDA. Yeah, it was a stomp, so it, it it kind of counts less. But I think he has particularly a lot of potential on Sky. I don't, I don't, th- I agree with you. I don't know if Lincoln Rays is the right call, but uh, Soulcast on the Sky I like, and I hope we see more of it.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say Soulcast on the Sky. I would say mattress Soulcast on the on the um, raise. Uh, he's a he's, he's he's a really good player. Uh, and I'm really happy that they've not they've not stuck to the guns saying that they or st- stuck to form, I guess, saying yeah. that they need a sober. Um yeah. They they've decided that they want to they want to make sure that all the players can shine. So I know there was a lot of um a lot of a lot of people doubting Soulcast after uh, yeah. I can't remember which tournament it was. It it was after First Strike. Yeah, take that one square, Idiots. There was
0: the whole screaming <laughs> team narrative. This is the, yeah. This is the worst narrative in the entire of the violent project. People do it with with, t- with tens and friends as well. You know when he was playing, and it's stupid. The reason Scream can get thirty kills is because he's playing with four support players who are putting him in good positions every <laughs> single time. Don't get me wrong, Scream is cracked. Right? He he would play fantastic on his own, but they set him up for success. To say kick people because they're not like outfragging
1: Scream is a ridiculous argument. Soulcast and the rest of the cast. Oh no! <laughs> that was bad. Soulcast and you're an ass. <laughs> so Thank you.
0: That, that was even worse. <laughs> but, oh. Yeah, I I don't know what it is about their bind. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw composition changes going into future games, just because mm. like th- their bind is gen, and I think their bind is also historically not being good. Do you remember? Um, I'm sure everyone remembers the two versus five Sheriff round mm-hmm. was, of course, on Bind. I think something fundamentally about how they play Bind is off. And to be fair, like, I don't want to sound like we're giving Liquid too much stick. Because you've got to remember, I don't think it was just Liquid losing that game, particularly the Bind game. G2 played out their minds,
1: right? They, they sure did.
0: Like you, you look at, I'm going to say this. This could definitely be a hot take as well. But Ardis is the best player on G2 and the best player in EU. I you're think. just saying that because he used to be on Fish One Two Three, uh, and I, you're a Liquid. Yeah. I, I love Liquid. I love Fish One Two Three. I also love RDS. But you, you look at how he plays, man. And to say he plays, he does all this on the support agents. He's like uh, on Bind, particularly like like, which is what we're talking about. He plays the sofa. and he's walking nuts. On water. He's he he is literally walking on water, and like. I, I I get it. Liquid definitely have problems that they need to fix, uh, and like I think things could have gone differently, and they could have took, taken that Red Bull final against G two. But G two are just great, man. Like there's a reason why they all oh, this is 17 out of 17 in finals right now. Like are so good. I just they, the uh, thing about G two is I I just don't think it's it's a long term play. I think like they brought Zeke in, but he isn't IGling yet. You've still got yeah. this weird situation where Mixwell's eye yelling, kind of, but everyone has input. I, I think it-, it will get messy, and like they still aren't even with the addition of Neil Zinio playing particularly tactically.
1: At all. No, they are. They're very they're one of the pugiest players in the world. It's um, yeah, like, got to be said.
0: And I I think it's just not long term. And I think they realize that there was an interview a while ago. Where I believe Ardis said, you know, we'll change our style when we need to change our style. But I mean, I guess that brings us on nicely. It's probably worth talking about G2's loss to NIP in it, challenge.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that's uh, what a segue. Wow, I,
0: I, I am a professional.
1: Clearly, <laughs> the
0: the thing here is, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys thought the same as me going into this game. I thought NIP didn't stand a chance.
1: I barely watched it. I just assumed G2 were gonna. Uh, we're gonna stomp it. See now, I, I watch this game, and
0: what NIP have done with this new roster is is so impressive. Yeah. Like to say NIP have been kind of the butt of roster jokes for a long time, and yeah. the amount of good players NIP have had and then got rid of. It's like, it's, been, it's been a revolving door of players, but I, I honestly think now they've settled on a roster that can really that can really get to that tier one level that can really be fighting at the top. I mean, they they yeah. totally showed that in the in the challenges events. They totally showed their potential there. I mean, existence. Like, I think obviously the the impact he brings to the team is something that we, we can't overlook. I mean, yeah, the the kind of structure they play with and. What, one thing that I, I find fascinating is they're running this no-duelist comp quite a lot. Yeah. Now, that, that's one of the most interesting things in, in professional development right now. There is, I, I haven't, Personally, I haven't seen any other team play like that
1: with, with no-duelist. Especially on Icebox as well, because they're a really interesting Icebox uh, team, because they're not only they're the only team that doesn't actually run a duelist on Icebox, they also don't run a Viper on Icebox. They've got the Omen instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, really strange.
0: That, to be fair, if 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 you're on a team with Korea, who has been who's literally played Omen since the day the game came out, I'm not going to say to him, "You, but you, you better move to Viper." Like the the man is a beast on on Omen. I'm pretty sure he was he was the top fragger. He was the best player throughout that entire series, and like the The omen is their duelist for that. he's so aggressive he's he's teepeeing aggressively. and you look at it, even the time even the rounds where he wasn't getting the kills, he took the space. he made the space like a duelist makes on the omen. yeah, I think what Emil's done with his team, and I'm assuming working with existence it, a lot of these strategies like uh I know we spoke about it briefly when we were watching the game is um you've all heard of flash and Dash, you've heard of a vision striker's play. well, they were doing. A similar concept, but with flash and TP. Korea was yeah. starting a TP, it and then so breach strange. flashing for him. Like it's that's so good. They like, use the omen. I love to see they use the omen in, in this like aggressive, like initiate a duelist way. That is yeah, really really cool. And uh, another thing we haven't spoke about about the NIP roster that we kind of should is JD. Like oh, oh yeah. yeah, he's he's out of his mind. Like, he's like what seventeen and he's oh. just fragging out. Like, he, he's sick. Like, he's a child. <laughs> his his sage is unreal. Like, yeah. he, his aim is fantastic. He, he is genuinely dominating on these servers. That is the exact kind of addition Nip needed, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, for, for me, the, the highlight was watching him on that split game, where, you know, like, it was... He, he just really stepped up. He rose to the occasion, and he destroyed. And you saw, like, I mean... G two had big problems on that split game. Normally, on split, they rely very heavily on artists. You had a very bad day
1: on okay. that split game, but that's part. <laughs> that's partly because JD was just doming him every round. I do think that's a that's a tactical move, like uh 'cause because the, um, I think I think what Nip have done is they've watched Vods. They've noticed how how much artists. I, I don't want to say say carries, but certainly he gets a he gets a, a lot of first bloods. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the more the more like consequential first bloods. Um, so I think they've seen that and they've watched vods of G two play. They've seen where Aris has gone and they've sent JD after him because the same was happening in the last tournament as well. They 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 consistently went after Aris because I think they they knew they know that that this, this is what matters. It's one of the things that really matters. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, like you say, they did a, They did a very good job of just muting him. I mean, he was he was negative twelve on the day, right or on the game. So. Uh, but I mean, how much of that is like Artis in his own head, tilting, missing shots? Obviously, it's all online at the moment. We don't know. Could be any sort of tech issues as well. For but sure. It, that I think that does go to show how much impact Artis has for this team, especially on his raise on split. Yeah. Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas you know, I think I that's that's the problem with with G two is that like they kind of They're kind of delicately built and balanced. And while everyone on the server for G2 can frag out, and we've seen it happen, there's no denying that Ardis and Mixwell are kind of put in these roles to frag. Specifically Mixwell more so, but Ardis as well on split. And they're kind of given the opportunities to get these entries and these first bloods. And then what G2 do better than any other team is they do, you know, great, like... Mid rounding and playing off one another—that just comes so naturally to them.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's especially astonishing considering that they don't have a proper IGL. The the mid round stuff is is it, incredible.
0: Yeah, but I, I I think when you get rid of you know their entries and the the support players, you know, you Patek and Piff and kind, are kind of left over. You, you can beat G two that way, I think, and I think that's mm. how Nip did it so do, do you think you're going forward so look at the next best like the next set of qualifiers uh coming up we're going to all be best of one until the final right do you think how long until more teams figure out this formula to beat g2 because I, I don't m- think it's as solid a formula as it's not like 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 we said what what you need to do to beat g2 is shut down Ardis and mix mm-hmm. and we can say, "Oh, just shut down Ardis and Mixwell. Uh, yeah, but you have to remember we're talking about two of the best players in Europe. It's not. It's not like obviously you can game plan and you can kind of. There, are, there are probably only a few teams in Europe. There are probably only a handful of teams in Europe that can game plan to beat G two and pull it off. Yeah, I think plenty of teams could watch G two vods and figure out ways to beat them. Yeah, but it's so different when you're in that server. What G two do better than anyone else is bringing back dead rounds. Yeah, how yeah. many clutches do we see? How many rounds that just look over, and we're like, oh, yeah. they should just save their weapons now. So, now, for, for me, it, in that in particular, when you talk about G two, every all you hear about is Ardis and Mixwell. But look at honestly, Pith, like he do, he doesn't frag out like the rest of them do, but he's on the cipher, but if you look at Pith, there is so many rounds that he just shouldn't clutch, but he does. And mm. like the way he plays Cypher is fantastic. The fact that he he's one of the only people who pretty much exclusively plays Cypher. I know he played he played Viper on Icebox, I think, didn't he? But yeah, apart from that, like he's stuck by Cypher the entire way and it shows. He's so good on that agent and like he's just as reliable. This is what I'd love about G2, is everybody talks about the big names, but literally all five of those players could join any other team and become the most cracked player on that team, I think. And that's why they're so dominant. What I do think is, is interesting, so you look at how G2 play, like you said, it's the most aggressive thing in the world, and it works. And then I think it's it's definitely important to talk about the other side of the spectrum, where it's all about team play. You're looking at Fnatic. Fnatic and FPX, yeah. I suppose. like Now that, to me, like if you could take Fnatic styles of strategy and you load that into G2, they're unstoppable. They they win vcd you see, I just I don't know if I agree. I think I think there are separate styles and they are good at it. I don't think if you if you took Boaster's playbook and you gave that to Neil Zinio and you went here you go, I don't think G two would be any better. I because that's not them. That's not their style of play. That's not their identity.
1: Right. Yeah. There they, is a reason why when they tried uh, Zeke. They, they trial him for the IGL role and just realize they, they just couldn't play. They just couldn't play like that. That's just not how they like, G2... work. But, but how
0: sustainable is that? Well, like we said earlier, it isn't sustainable. But it I would argue G2 are still undeniably the best team in Europe at the moment. And until until it gets to the point where we where we can sit here and go, G2 are fifth. You know, G2 are yeah. fourth. Like until we can get like to that point, it's working. Yeah, yeah, and, I, I can you definitely know, see that. Like I said, what G two thrive on is these mid round situations, on the fly adaptations that, and that's where Fnatic struggle. Which is why mm. Fnatic have all these systems in place. These systems are in place for Fnatic because they have younger younger players who are less experienced, who you know Mo, Mystic, Doma don't even come from TAC FPSs. Yeah. So these systems are in place for Fnatic to to let them work like this while old machine, right? But and that's that's what that's what works for them. But I just don't think if you take Boaster's playbook it, and give it to Neil Zinio, it it, it changes anything. It, I I feel like G2 must be such a hard team to coach. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like he really has his work cut out for him. <laughs> I mean it's a team with like you said, five fraggers, you know, five like yeah, good players, experienced players, apart from maybe artists, but like with that comes egos, you know, and whether, oh, yeah. you know, I don't want to speculate too much, but there are there are probably egos on that team. And there are. I I, I don't think it's speculation to say there's egos on We will see an artist it's that <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think dealing with egos is hard anyway. Like mm-hmm. in my, you know, experiences as a coach briefly, um, it's hard when you have these ego players that, you know, they, they think they know right all the time, and yeah. so Neil Neil definitely has to take a okay look at Sliggy and how he runs his team, right? Liquid is Sliggy's team. Yeah, he, he runs said runs that. The show. He runs that team. Neil Zinio, you can't he, he can't take this authoritarian approach. It isn't his team. Mm-hmm. He is on a level with the players to help them and work with them and help them build what they want to build, but it is not Neil Zeno's team. I don't think it ever will be, or could be, with the yeah. players on G2. Oh, I think that's just not. how different, different people respond to different types of coaching and things like that, and what makes them better. Whereas, you know, like I say, a team like Liquid, or even Fnatic, although I think Boaster takes off more of the leadership role than Mini does, mm-hmm. it's the same kind of thing. It's a bit more authoritarian. And I think that works better with the younger, more inexperienced players that need the kind of structure. Yeah, I, I think the big like you mentioned before, it's about their backgrounds. You look at that; everybody on G two comes from CSGO. like they all, they're all on the same page situationally. Whereas you look at you look at Fnatic, where they're not. There's a mixture. Most of them obviously played CS and like League or something. Like there's a whole mix. Yeah, yeah. They League, need, they need right, that well. leader to 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 take forward and go, this is what we're doing. But on G2, they don't need that. They all played CSGO. They all have that kind of... They're all on the same page instinct-wise. And I I feel like that's partly why. Another question I have about G2 is, I mean, from what we've seen so far, is Zeke an improvement on David P? Yes. Um... I I believe so. I think David P, right, back in the beta on his, like, lurky sage go at what he did. He was the best Sage player in the early days. He used to destroy teams. But you know, the Sage meta fell off. They moved him on to Breach, and he was mediocre. Mm. He was he was an okay breach. He, he, that, but that's that's kind of where he fell. And Zeke coming in, like, you know, look at Zeke on the the Rainer. Yeah. On Icebox, you know, yeah. like that kind of performance, yeah, David P wasn't having. Zeke is Zeke is like an exceptional talent, and aimer, and maybe eventually IGL of the team.
1: Yeah. Whereas I, think, I just
0: don't think David P was.
1: I do think David P can. David P can be can be incredible, right? I just don't think it was working for, for G two. Yeah. Um, especially towards the end of uh, David P's run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeke is definitely an improvement for G2. I don't know whether I would say that uh, Zeke is necessarily a better player than David P. Yeah. Um, in, in my
0: mind, I think that David P would be a fantastic sixth man to a roster. Mm. I I think you bring him in, He's like you can have him on, you can play him on your Icebox maps and your Splits, like Icebox and Split where Sage can be really powerful, you bring him in. You make him, not necessarily a one-trick, but like he could provide really good input to the team. He could really provide like good rotations. And having a six-man roster could be great for most teams anyway. And you have it allows that specialization. You bring him in as your sage guy. Like I think David P could do really well at some teams. I just don't know if David P's ego would allow him to be a 6 man. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> it's it, it's it's a it's an open secret that david p is kind of toxic in his ranked games and mm-hmm. you know he gives it on twitter here and there like i just don't know if if he is gonna go to any roster as their kind of sub sixth man rotate in and out is he playing on a
1: team right now he's technically still g2's sub
0: Oh, that's, that's he, even more He's on sad. the bench. He's on the oh, bench. That's even worse. Like, Surely he wants to get back to playing tournaments and get back to competing. And if being a six man is, is the best way to do that, like, I'm sure he would take that hit. He might not like it, but like, it, it might be that
1: or nothing. I do wonder if he doesn't change his, uh, his play style. If that... People just... Oh, with with Lurking, people can come to just expect where you're going to be m- moving to, especially with a good IGL, like when you're against a good IGL. Mm. Um, so I do wonder whether that... He'll just have to cut that out against some teams um, and just change his play style so that he can carry on playing. I, I think uh, maybe, maybe he does have an ego, but he is he's talented. Um, and I do oh. hope we see him on another roster soon. Yeah, I, I, w- I would like to... Ideally, I would like to see him on another...
0: Tier, like top level roster where he can compete, he can play against G two, and I, I, just, I think I personally, I hope this whole experience has been somewhat humbling for him, and he will come <laughs> back just wanting to grind and Oof, just yeah. trying to play the best Valorant
1: he can. Throwing hands on it in the first episode.
0: <laughs> I, I'm saying it harshly. Toxic trash. <laughs> Welcome to the show, folks. Oh. So, would anyone like to play a game? Of course.
1: Of course we would. I never wanted anything more.
0: <laughs> this is a segment I came up with as an idea, right? I'm going to call it The Rush, maybe. Right. follow related name? quick. Does? I came up with this name five seconds before I came up with the <laughs> okay. round. Okay. <laughs>
1: So before, sorry. You came up with a name before. Yeah, yeah. I before.
0: was I was thinking of Valorant things. I was like a rush. Okay, let's come up with a let's come <laughs> up with a podcast segment based on that. Good. <laughs> sorry, prepared. The idea is, thanks to RunItBack.gg and their fantastic API. I am able to gather all sorts of statistics about the Challenger Open qualifiers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So We're going to play kind of over, under, more or less game. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to set a timer for a minute. How it works is I'm just going to read off stats. I'm going to read off predictions. Okay. And you guys have to, you guys are going to have to predict whether, you know, the stat will be higher or lower for that particular thing in the next open qualifiers. Are we working together on this? Uh, You are working against each other. Oh, wow. And what what I'll do is I will recheck these stats. After the next open qualifier, and we'll see who got the most right.
1: Okay. So Uh, I don't want to brag, but I'm gonna win. (laughs) Sure,
0: sure, buddy. Sure, buddy. Let numbers do the talking.
1: Okay.
0: Let me just. I'm gonna set a timer for one minute. One second. What's gonna? uh, You gonna ask the question, then we both answer. What what are you thinking? So it'll go question, answer, answer, next question,
1: kind of thing. Why are we setting a timer? Uh, Yeah, I'll just do it on my phone. No, why are we setting a timer? Sorry, (laughs) because it's 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 the rush. It's the rush.
0: That's the name of the segment. We do it in a minute. We do it in a minute. It's quick fire. Okay. We have to get as many predictions in as we can in a minute. Okay. Engaging and entertaining podcasting. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Podcasting one (laughs) oh one. Yeah. You just do minute segments. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm ready. L, you start the the timer. Okay. In three, two, one, go. Okay, Soulcast had 96 headshots in the open qualifier compared to Scream's 95. Will Soulcast get more or less headshots than Scream next qualifier? Less. Um, Less. Okay, Twiston averaged 23 kills a game in the last qualifier, more or less? More. Less. Ooh. Yashin averaged 2.8 ability kills a game, more or less? Less. More. Fnatic won 37 rounds on bind in the open qualifiers. More or less? More. More. It's got to mm. be. The average ACS of last qualifier was 194. Higher or lower?
1: Um, lower.
0: lower. Oh, okay. We didn't see a single 1v5 clutch last qualifier. More or less? More. Well, you can't go you can't less. You can go less, can it? <laughs> well, the, oh, no. Okay, fine. The same. No, there won't be one. <laughs> Vitality didn't play one map of Split. Well, they are. The
1: That's timer. The timer. I, 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 had, I had no questions intense. lined up as well. Well, okay. That was, that, was, that was good. I hope I win.
0: How can you say that like, they're going to get less kills and less ACS? They're going to be against easier opponents on average. You say that, but only four teams qualified. Yeah. And look at the teams that
1: didn't qualify. Exactly. Liquid, G2 Fnatic, G2. Liquid no, Fnatic. I think so.
0: I think the teams are better.
1: Yeah. No, I'm confident. I'm going to win that. Okay. Uh Well, you're wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> you can be wrong sometimes. That's <laughs> totally legitimate. That's a wonderful segment there, Tyler. Well done.
0: Do you guys just want to finish the stats? I, I spent I spent ages on these stats. I yeah. You, you know what? Let's let's correct. This is not the rush. We're now. Yeah, yeah. This okay. is- Outside of the rush. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're post-planting the rush right now. (laughs) Yeah, this is the (laughs) post-plant. So, this one's a pretty interesting one, actually. Viper was played in seven different icebox compositions. Are we still doing more or less? We can do the predictions or not, or we can just talk about the stats. I don't really care. Viper was in seven unique icebox compositions.
1: I absolutely think we'll see more of that. Absolutely. More but unique
0: like, composition. How, how much more unique can you go? I mean, I mean, I suppose you
1: can. But <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do the <laughs> yeah, sure. Icebox is quite uh, puggy a lot of the time. What uh, they always play it, which means a lot of times individual players will be playing what they feel comfortable on, and then mm-hmm. they'll have the Viper on top of that. Uh, which is why I think that more teams will just now that they've seen how well Viper can do on Icebox, they will just add Viper to whatever else they are currently thinking about using on Icebox, uh, rather than building one team around Viper and everyone moving towards that team.
0: Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. I mean, like, I'm not sure if we're going to see it used as the only smoker, or if teams want to use it with the Omen, because we've seen both. But I think it's definitely tending more to Viper as your only controller on Split, right? Yeah. I think that's the, the better way to do it.
1: I, I agree. Time.
0: I think there's, there's not enough space for an Omen. I mean, Omen's cool. He can use all the verticality stuff as well, but I think, you know, if, if you really want it, because you need the sage as well, really, if you don't want to throw your games away. So, like, I just don't think there's enough space for an Omen. My, uh, um, my final stat, okay. if, if you care, was that Looker averaged 8.8 assists a game. Wow, more or less. He's playing support for Alliance. He's playing breach. I mean. He's playing yeah. breach for Alliance, and doing it quite well. To say is that he like was highest, the... uh, it wasn't the highest, no. He just. But I just, I was just looking at yeah, Looker and I was looking at
1: breach,
0: and I was like, ah, you know, he's getting quite eight eight assists a game is is a pretty high average. It's it's decent, yeah. yeah. And it's, I think. I didn't get a chance to watch his Breach games. I don't know if any of the Alliance games were streamed or not. If they were, I didn't watch them. But from what I remember from Luka when he filled in with Big Clam and things, he looked so much more comfortable playing mm-hmm. agents like Sage than he did the Jet Orp. Like, yeah, he was a very good Jet Orper in, you know, in beta, you know, for Valorando and things. Yeah, you know, things are really name But, I think I think where he shines is on the kind of supportive role where he can still frag out, but he doesn't have the pressure of having to frag out on the jet op and having to deal with that.
1: To round us out, do we want to go for MVPs? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. Anyone got a good MVP?
0: I've got a great MVP. Go ahead. This guy is the most valuable player for okay. his team, in my opinion. And it's Element from Monkey Business.
1: Okay. Did you watch the Monkey Business Guild games to start off with? I watched one of the maps. I did not watch. I think because... I watched...
0: I can definitely remember the Ascent game. The Ascent map, sorry. But... The... Go ahead, present your case. I, I, I want to point you guys specifically to the Icebox map. Where he played with Raina, right? With a 383 combat score, 31 and 14, 41% headshot percentage, 218 damage around.
1: This oh, guy wow. came in insane.
0: and he just gave it to Guild on the Rayna, Like straight up, like he doesn't care what strats you're pulling. He doesn't care about your, you know, delaying post plant with Viper. He was he was charging and he was just tapping heads and I think my most valuable player, you know, do I believe Monkey Business deserve one of the first four spots in Challengers? No, I do not. (laughs) Do I think they got there because of Elements' performances on a lot of maps? Yes, I do. And that is why he is my most valuable player.
1: Yeah, I think we were all surprised to see Monkey Business get to that stage, let alone win 2-0 against Guild. They, yeah, I, I didn't expect they that.
0: they they played so well. As I, I from what I remember of the games, I was really impressed with them. They had really good ubi- um, ability usage, which is something that like, you don't normally see from teams that are that young. But I I, I was really impressed, and I mean af- after what happened to them in Red Bull, where it was kind of a stomp and A.K.M. and sort of scream, I was a bit like, what's going to happen with these guys? You know, <laughs> but,
1: but for the uh, listener, uh, A.K.M. said, "Scream is all aim, no brain."
0: the worst take i've ever heard quite frankly yeah but i mean i'm I'm really happy that they can bounce back again like i said the more top level teams we can have like the closer the competition is the better it is for everybody the better it is for the viewer like i'm all for it i really hope they can keep going with with that roster in particular and really make stuff happen
1: Hmm. yeah yeah uh okay Let's go for our second second
0: MVP. Okay, uh, for me I, it's got to be Existence for NIP. We Ooh. we t- we touched on it briefly earlier but, but like they drafted this guy in to be an all-star IGL breach player and I don't know if if any of you watched the post game interview with Chihuahua after they beat G2 but it was it, it was I mean, it was a great listen. It was really good insight into the team. These these guys are all feeling confident. They're all feeling good, and they're all happy with how it's going. But on every single question that Yinsu asked him, It eventually circled back around to, God, I love existence. And you can tell that these guys are so happy to be playing with it. I mean, you look, he he doesn't, I mean, he's not a fragger. That's not what he's there for. He's he's the breach. But you you look at it, and he was saying how, how much he taught them about positioning and spacing and how to run better defaults. And you can see every element of his class and leadership bleed through through to the rest of Nip and it's really given them that confidence and they, they took down the kings of Europe and they're, they're through to their next round of, of challenges and I think he if you look in terms of value he's the one for me he's the most valuable player particularly to Nip but I think in general right now he's doing so much
1: I don't think any of us can can really argue with that but he, he was looking great and um he certainly helped Nip Achieve great things. I
0: mean, I, I've laughed at NIP the entire way. Like you say, it was a revolving door of people that could never quite get there. They, the best they could ever finish was third. And like now, I'm really rooting for them. This guy has really turned them all around. He's making them all play really well. And like, I'm excited to watch them. I want to watch more NIP games just to see what Existence does. I think he brings so much to the table for them.
1: Awesome. I sort it's just ran out. MVP. I've got, I've yeah, got, go I've on. got one. Uh, I, uh, I may have already on the first episode subverted this um this segment by not actually picking a player uh my oh, my MVP oh. <laughs> my Mvp selection is uh waves coach um I uh, Ito Pata I, I, I hope oh, i got the right wow. you've done, you, you've done your research then I did try and find someone saying his name <laughs> itopata Ito Pata I'm not sure we apologize if you're listening this last tournament full of upsets, right? We we already spoke about the the guild the guild game, uh, we spoke mm-hmm. about G2 Nip Um and another upset I think for all of us was uh Wave Fanatic. So Wave ended up beating yeah. Fnatic which I, I don't think anyone expected. Fnatic could be looking No I no I did not yeah. expect that one yeah. bit. Yeah. Fnatic would be looking amazing recently. Watching the the first um map it was Bind. Uh, oh, first...
0: yeah yeah I remember
1: the first half was actually 9-3. Fnatic won the first half 9-3. Even though they, they seemed to get stomped, they Wave were playing amazing in that game. Right? They, what? It, no, honestly. They if played amazing
0: it, in a 13-6 loss.
1: Yeah, they lost Bind. But even in, even on Bind, even on the, on the map that they lost 13-6, they still put an amazing showing against Fnatic's pick, right? Fnatic mm. are famously amazing on Bind. And wave just looks amazing like the every round wave doing their absolute best counter fanatics uh, plays we all know that their, their, their post plant strats yeah. of, of just constant mollies and holding it and they were just expected They they just expected it they they clearly done their research after i saw that first game i thought well even if they get too old they still are gonna look uh, like really good i think mm-hmm. i would be excited to see it and then they ended up taking the next two maps from them um... I
0: I will say I watched I watched the Haven game in like I, I probably I, I didn't really watch the Bind game because I thought this is gonna be a blowout. But I did watch the Haven game. And uh how Wave were like taking space and playing together in these crossfires. Um mm-hmm. the use of the sky was also pretty impressive on it, Like I was I was very impressed by their Haven game, for sure. And this is a team I think like everybody underestimated. Like mm. Yeah, they were a team that's been around like tier two and like the German scene for a while, but they weren't a team I ever thought could compete with Fnatic. And so I I do agree, Wave definitely played out of their minds. Murray in particular, he was he was great. Yeah, he was nasty. Like you, I mean, the the split game was far and away the most dominant. And you you look at it, they won every single round on their attack. They you know they won the pistol and just kept it going. And that is to me, winning your attack rounds is like it it's the sign of a good team. It's the sign that your strategies are working, that you guys are able to take the initiative and do something with it. And that is exactly what they needed to do. And like they won that they won that split game 13-6 against against Fnatic, who just got signed, who are, in most people's opinion, a top-level Tier 1 team. Like, it's Im- it's impressive. It's worth noting as well that Fnatic, when they were summoned FC, um, especially a little bit earlier on, regarded as one of the better, if not the best split team in Europe at one point. Yeah. The, mm. the way they split split. I know uh, Anders TV made a pretty interesting video about their, like, split defaults and how they were winning so much on this attacker side split. And they were picking split a lot as their map picking best of freeze, as rare as they are in EU. They were really good on split. So for Wave to come and, and show up like that is very very impressive. I was I
1: was a bit taken aback. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna discount any of the, the players' performance. They were all playing great. But the reason I picked the 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 coach out of that team rather than any of the players is because they weren't winning because they were they were getting first bloods. They were they were winning because they clearly knew, uh, Fnatic. They knew exactly yeah. how Fnatic plays, and they were they were playing their strats to perfection.
0: That's exactly what you want from a coach, right? Like, I exactly. makes sense. That's a good MVP pick.
1: Thank you. Thanks.
0: I mean, it's it's an MVC, but well, we move. We'll take it.
1: <laughs> uh, anyone got any any LVPS least valuable players? Anyone? Ooh. Uh, the the only one that springs to mind right now for me is it's from the Red Bull tournament, but
0: Average Jonas. I see you.
1: <laughs> I see you
0: posting those shock dart liners for artists to use against your own team. Disgraceful.
1: Liquid average Jonas.
0: Yeah, Liquid Average Jonas defeated the Liquid Valorant team. That one round. I mean, honestly, I love the lineup. I love that he's created this. I love Average Jonas. If, yeah, fantastic guy. But, I mean, it's unlucky, and it's so funny that it happened to Liquid. He just, just needs to stop tweeting during the games. Yeah, that's that's rule number one. If he just stops not- tweeting in the games, they'll win Worlds. It's like, someone... <laughs> He's living at the facility, right? The Team Liquid facility. Like He needs to put his phone in a safe during Liquid games. I just <laughs> Don't talk in Twitch chat. Just what? Yeah. <laughs> just get yeah. Up. They Joy. might win a game.
1: <laughs> the lineup in particular you're talking about is the one where uh, Liquid placed the Killjoy ult down. Uh, and artist had a lineup ready to counter it with his yeah. shock darts rather the- than using an ult.
0: On yeah. A-Site Haven, yeah. On the Haven game,
1: yep. It's,
0: I mean, it's a fantastic clip and the lineup is so good. If you're a, if you're a Sober One Trick and you don't know who Average Jonas is, then you are not a good Sober One Trick. Go, go yeah. learn, <laughs> learn some of his lineups. Like, they will, I mean, Sober's, my opinion, one of the most broken heroes. And when you can do stuff like that to counter, you can counter so many things. Like, and let's d- think the shock darts are what, 200 each? That's, that's a, a spend of 400 to, to counter an entire ultimate. Like, yeah. Around winning ultimate. How many times have we seen Sovas save their ultimate for a kill yeah. trial it, and literally just to go for a one for one trade of ultimates. So the fact that you can just you know just use two shock darts to nullify the ultimate and then you can just use your ult you know to take space with you can use it to yeah. try and get kills with the tags like you know like there's there's so much like nerd potential on Sova. <laughs> Yeah. But here's my LVP for defeating his own team. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs> Alright, great. Uh I think that's been that's been us. That's in the Viper's Pit. Uh I'm Eleanor Autumn, uh with Tyler Jay. Woo, that's me, hello. And Morgan Jay. Uh
0: that is also me.
1: Thanks for listening.